Here we are in August. Thank you so much for continuing to support us here at Winning at Home, but I can hardly believe we're this far into the summer already. I trust you and your family are having some good days in the outside territory and enjoying God's beautiful creation, and I pray and trust that this has been a summer where you've grown in your relationship with Christ. I thank you so much for supporting what we do here at Winning at Home. You're a part of a home run club, which means you're a member and you help us so much with what we do here. And I want to give you a couple of updates. We are in the process of demolishing the inside of the facility that will adjoin our current Zealand facility. So if you know in this area, the building there on the water in Zealand by Burger King, we will be taking over another about 4,200, 4,300 square feet there, turning it into more office area for our counseling and coaching center. So thank you for your prayers for it. The cost of that is about five hundred and fifty grand. we have paid for the building, but the cost for the renovation, we're still in the process of raising. So as we come into year end, if the Lord would put on your heart to help us, we would so much appreciate your support in this area. And I'm one who doesn't focus on that a lot. You know that. We do a banquet every other year, and then we talk to you about what we're doing. But I trust the Lord to move in your spirit and help you help us. And so I'm so grateful for that support over these many years. We are continuing to try to make a mark for Christ. That's our calling, to seek to simply help people be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Next month in September, on the 13th, the book's going to be released called Winning at Home, Tackling the Tough Topics That Confuse Kids and Scare Parents. I have been doing lots of radio interviews related to that, and so I would pray that the Lord would bless this book. I would ask for your prayers as it goes out across the nation. We're doing it in partnership with Salem Communications, so the reach is going to be very broad for this book, and we're using it and praying the Lord will use it to point people directly to Christ. So thank you for your support in what we do. And the message I'm going to share with you, this is one I shared during the course of the summer about who I am in Christ. I think right now in our world, when I look at all the people struggling with identity, struggling with where they're from, what they're about, who they're made to be, I find myself when I hear and all that go, red flag, let's look at what the Word of God says. So today I'm going to break down just a couple of verses and what they mean and what Christ does for us to identify ourselves in Him. So I trust this will be an encouragement to you. Pass it along to someone else. I'm believing that this message is going to make a mark for Jesus. And thank you again for trusting and believing in what we do for families. And I hope and pray that this will encourage your spirit as you listen to me sharing this message on Who Am I? The Lord has been laying something on my heart to preach about and to share about, and that's what I'm going to seek to do today. I'm going to try to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to ask you just to take a look at your life today, take a look at where you're at today, take a look at what this crazy world is throwing at you today, and I'm going to ask you the question, who am I? Like, who am I really down deep inside? And I want to just right up front say to those of you who are Millennials and younger, uh, this message is something I believe the Lord's laid on my heart for you. Because we live in a world right now where identity is just being thrown at us so hard. And when I, as a pastor, see the world go crazy about something, I always step back and go, okay, red flag here. What's going on in our world? What, What are people focusing on? And then I find myself going, I better look to the Word of God right now for my source of hope and my source of strength. I want you to know, and this is a place where we boldly say this, the answer to this world is not found in this world. It is found in this book and it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So today, I'm going to take you to the Word of God. I'm going to tell you why. Now, Henry Nouwen, a world-famous, world-renowned theologian, he was a Dutch theologian. If you study for ministry, you read a lot of his stuff, so I've read a lot of his stuff. He says that we as people define ourselves in three different ways, with three different questions. And if you step back a second and listen to this, it makes a lot of sense. He said we define ourselves by what we do, by what we have, and by what other people say about us. So let's break that down a second. He said, first of all, we as people tend to define ourselves by what we do. Let me give you an example. I can tell you that if you were out today in society and somebody said, hey, Who's Michael Jordan? You would say a basketball player. It's what he did. It's what he's famous for. But that's not who he really is. That was his job. But we define him as a great basketball player. If he walked in here today, well, first of all, there'd be more overflow. But if he walked in here today (laughs) and sat right here on the front seat, we would see him as a basketball player. But guess what? Michael Jordan has a soul. Michael Jordan is a person. He has feelings. He has thoughts. He has ideas. And so often we just categorize people. Well, that's what they do. Some of you look at me. Oh, yeah, Dan's a preacher. Yeah, that's what I do for a living. That's what I do to honor God. But who I am deep inside, I have emotions. I have thoughts just like you. Secondly, Henry Nouwen says, we are not only what we do, we are what we have, our possessions, Uh, Another man's name I'll say right now, Elon Musk. (laughs) Your thought is a billionaire. He owns Tesla. He's trying to buy Twitter. That's what we think. He's got a lot. I I meet people quite often. If I could just have one-tenth of what Elon Musk has, has possessions. But I would say to you, 2.30 in the morning, if Elon Musk wakes up, He's dealing with thoughts inside. It's probably not about money. He's got plenty of that. I wonder if he ever lays on his pillows and go, what's this life really all about? See, we don't think about that side. Third, Henry Nouwen says we define ourselves by what other people say about us. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to talk about you with the third one. How many of you this week felt some way about yourself because of what somebody said? You posted something online and immediately, and you're like, oh. I preach for a living, and it is amazing. I'm 61 years of age. You would think that people's thoughts and ideas don't bother me. But recently I finished preaching, and afterwards someone pulled me aside, caught me in the parking lot. Hey, can I go over a few things that you said that I don't agree with? I was like, yeah, because I didn't get my car quick enough. Go ahead. And I drove away from that place going, hmm, I wonder, did I drop the ball, Lord? Because what other people say about us? How many of you still carry something from your childhood? And see, those things start to define us. And I'm going to throw a fourth category in today just based on our culture around us. We're starting to say, I am who I kind of pick I am. We've become little gods. We've put ourselves in the role of the Father Almighty who created us and started to go, I'll be whoever I want to be today. I hear in that a lot of self. The exact opposite of God is self. 
So today, I'm not going to try to play in this world's categories of who we are. In fact, I'm going to do something right now to show you what I think more of us need to do in our life. We spend all our time out here. I'm going to call this the world. The world's got it. Well, come over here. We'll define. Come up here. Come over here. I want to show you today what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you up to a different category. It's God's view of you. So too often, I think we spend our time down in here because I'm telling you, the world will beat the crap out of you. And God Almighty is up here saying, why you let that happen to yourself? You know you're my kid. You don't need to live in that nonsense all day long. Get up here and spend more time with me. Let me define you. Today, I'm going to ask all of you to join me up here. Well, not come up here. Overflow. No, but I, I want you to put yourself here and go, wow, why is it I let myself live out there? And let me just say to you, I'm going to get in trouble with the camera people, but I can promise you if you live here, Satan actually wants you to take out here into the darkness where you don't even see the light at all. And today I'm going to push you during this whole message to get yourself right here and to say, I want to start viewing myself the way God sees me. And let me break that down for you. The book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20, the word of God said this about us. I want you to look at it. It's right on the screen coming up. We are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I said 320. It's 2.10. The next verse is 320. Ephesians 2.10 we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, look, which God prepared for us to do. That's who I am. I'm God's handiwork. Satan wants to take you out there and say, no, you're not. You're not very valuable at all. There's not even really any purpose for you. And God goes, stop listening to the world. Three different little thoughts came to my mind as I was thinking about being God's handiwork. There were three little ideas that came to my mind. Here's the first one. Here's what I believe God is. You have God's personal touch. His hand has touched you, created you in your mother's womb. When you were being formed inside your mom, his plan for you was already being developed. Listen, today, I'm just speaking these words over you. What you choose to do with them is your call. But I'm telling you, listen, the truth from God's word, it won't be heard out in this stinking world. In fact, it will be mocked and people will say, oh, he's old school. I know I'm old, but I went to the right school. And the school is the school of God Almighty. And I'm telling you today. And that just came to me. But I'm telling you today. I'm telling you today. Don't you believe the stinking lie of Satan? Kids in here. Children in here. Teenagers in here, you're living in a world right now that pushes it down your throat. And I'm telling you, step back and understand, you were created in your mother's womb by God Almighty. As he created you, he already had a plan for your life. It's crazy awesome. Personal touch. You have God's personal touch. Now let me show you something. You've seen the illustrations with this many, many times. I have with me here some Play-Doh. 
And we so often, when I do this illustration, you maybe have even seen where a pastor brought a, a, you know, clay thing on stage, one of those things that makes pots and all. I can't remember what it is. But that whole thing where they make it right there. And we talk a lot about how he shapes us and he forms us, right? I don't want to go that way today. You've heard that illustration. Watch this. You are the blob. He is the hand that works with the blob. In our world, we're getting confused. The world will tell you, no, you're this. No, you're not. You're this. His personal touch is what shapes and forms you. You say, Dan, Dan, what are you talking about? Well, I can prove it. Came up on my phone this week. Millennials in here would know the name. I'm not going to say the name. Famous singer right now. All that in the world. The world goes, If she walked in today, the world would scream and I would look at her words. And this was being taught to you who are a little younger. The 60-year-olds, 50-year-olds in this room don't know her. If I said her name, they'd be like, who's that? You know her. And her message to you is confusing you because she thinks she's God. Listen to her words. I don't see myself as a woman solely. I, I feel all my energy. I feel that, that God is so much bigger than the he or the she. And if I'm God, then really I am everything. That's her words. Now, now let me just, let me say, used to, there was a time as a preacher, if I went back 10, 15 years, 20 years, there was a time I would be saying her name right now and I would be making fun of her. God has changed me. I don't do that anymore. When I read that, my heart hurt for her. Maybe I'm maturing. But I look and I saw it and I see her name right here. I'm not going to say it. And I prayed, God, would you help her see? She's not God. She's not the hand. She's this. And she's been squeezed by this world, see? The world's doing this to her, and she thinks she's saying the right stuff. And, and there are going to be 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 6-year-olds who see her songs or hear her sing and go, oh, oh, wow, she's like God. And I would say to you, no, she's a gifted singer. Actually, the Creator gave her that voice, and he's not, she's not using it for the Lord's glory. She's lost. She's in darkness, and she needs to see a great light. She needs to see Jesus, and I used to rip on her. I'm not going to do that anymore. If she ever watches this message online, if it ever were to get to her, she can go, oh, that pastor didn't put me down. It looks like he feels sorry for me. I do, because she's lost, and lost people lead other lost people further astray. And in this room and online, I'm asking you today, can you understand you have been touched by the Father, you have been created by him, but you're not the creator. Let me put a challenge out today. If you would say, well, I am the creator, can you feed the fish in the depths of the ocean today? No. Can you feed all the birds that will be singing in the trees around us today? You can go to Meyer and buy every bird seed they got. And it won't be enough because only our Heavenly Father can do that. 
And in our world today, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. This truth is going to get to further and further from what people want to hear, but I'm going to keep saying it because it aligns with God's word. Watch this. And it lasts for eternity. I don't want some little 50-year truth or some five-year truth or some little make-me-happy truth. I have been touched by God on my, his hand created me inside my mom. He created me to preach. And while I'm preaching, I'm not a teacher, I'm a preacher. And I'm going to preach the word of God and I'm going to tell you, you are the blob. He chose to use you for his glory. Get that perspective. Because when you think you're the creator, you're going to have trouble. When you recognize who the true creator is, this gets in perspective. So first of all, we have been touched by the God Almighty. And secondly, you're unique, original, valuable. Every one of you, somebody online who's still laying in bed right now, didn't even get here today because you don't feel like you're worth anything, that's a lie. The Word of God says you're unique, you're valuable, you're His creation. I was watching three nights ago, I think, Antique Roadshow. (laughs) Any of y'all know this show? Love it. It's just a show where people line up, and they bring in what they think is probably junk, but they're hoping it's a treasure. And they get in this long line, and they sometimes show that on the camera on the intakes and outtakes. They'll show the people all lined up with stuff under their arm. And every now and then, probably one in a million, gets called out, hey, hey, bring that over. And I was watching it three nights ago, four nights ago. This woman walked up. She had a painting under her arm like this. Guy called her over and set it up. You know, if you get called over and they set it on the stand, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And he looked at her and he said, ma'am, where'd you get this? Ah, I bought it at a yard sale. How much did you pay? Five bucks. He said, do you know what you have? She said, no idea. He said, ma'am, you have an incredibly valuable painting. That's you. This world looks at you and goes, hmm, Two bucks. Yeah, you, you didn't even make the main stage in the world. You're back. Oh, yeah, yeah. A dollar. I'm speaking to somebody right now who feels like you're not valuable at all. Piece of trash. And Satan loves to make you feel that way. Because of your past. Because of something people don't even know right now that's going on in your life. Satan will just take and go, you're worthless. <laughs> and God looks over and says, hey, 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 uh-uh, come here. Come here. Get right here. And he looks at you and he says, I made you for a reason. I have purpose in you. You're valuable. Today someone needs to hear that. I go back to my own childhood. A couple of those things my dad said about me rattled in my brain for years and years and years. And when I was down or discouraged, which thought do you think would come to my mind? Somebody sitting in here today, you don't think you're valuable. You don't even think anybody would buy you at the yard sale. And God says, you're priceless. 
I have a plan. I need your help with carrying forth the message that I want taken forth on this earth. Don't buy the lie. And I don't know why. I know when I wrote this message, the Lord kept saying to my spirit, say it to the millennials and younger. You are priceless. Don't buy the world's lie. Almost 24-7. Try to convince you of something else. Well, you decide who you are. You pick what you are today. You go over here and define. No, that was preset in your mama's womb. Done. That's the truth. It will be your choice today where you go with that truth. And the third thing I want to say about that ties right into that thought. You're designed by God, and it says in the verse that I read to you, he designed you for a purpose. So I'm guessing, like, let's just take church work. Just church. Somebody sitting in here would look at me and go, oh, what you do, that's really important. That's really valuable. And I would tell you, I pray so. I hope so. Hope God uses it great today. But can, let me just tell you something happened. I walked out here. I normally don't come out here this stage area. I was looking. I was trying to set up because I was going to stand on this, making sure it was set up good. Walked back out of here 35, 40 minutes ago. I walked back out, and I was going down the hall, and I stopped because there was a group of people in the hallway praying for me, like saying my name, going, Lord, today as Dan preaches, I was like, whoa. That's pretty awesome. Do you know it's right there that might be the place that God does anoint this message and it was that prayer that's gonna draw your heart to him today? It wasn't my preaching. It was that God prayed. God used them to pray that the Lord would anoint my word so that whenever I spoke, you 20-year-old would go, I wanna hear that. I said to them, how beautiful this is. See, people look and they wanna recognize a man or a woman who's up on stage. Let me tell you what that does to me. Gags me. Can't stand it. I'm just a human being trying to fulfill what the Lord laid on my heart. They pray. Others greet outside, make people when they come in feel welcome. Other people direct us so that when we do get out of here, we don't run into other cars going on the highway. It's all a big part of God's plan. No part is more important than the other. And in this room today, listen to me, there's nobody in this room more important than somebody else in God's big plan because it all is designed to bring glory to the Father. It's not designed. If anyone boasts about a man, the word of God says, wrong. That's what happened. Paul's out teaching and people go, I prefer Paul. I prefer Apollo. I prefer Cephas. Paul said, stop it. No boasting about man. If you're going to boast, boast about God Almighty. And let me just say this to you today. If you're going to post a boast about a man, I ask you to stop. Don't post about mankind. Post about God the Father. Bring honor and glory to his name. It's not about me. It's not about what we can do. I'm thankful God uses me. I'm thankful God uses you. But it's all about bringing glory to the name of Jesus. And that's what we're on earth for. And no part is too minuscule for that. You said, but Dan, I'll probably only influence one person. What? Oh, only one person could potentially know eternity with heaven because of you? Wow. That's pretty big. You could change someone's eternity 
if you figure out that you are here for his purpose and then you say, Lord, what do you need? And then the second point of this message today, I'm just using two verses. There are thousands of verses in God's word about who we are in the Lord. Thousands. I got time for two. The second one comes from the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians chapter, I believe I'm right when I say 320 on this one. Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, our citizenship, the guy you're looking at on stage right now, I live in the United States of America and I'm blessed to do that, but my citizenship belongs in heaven. This is not your final resting place. For the people in this world and the people in darkness, that's what they think. They think when this life is over, it's over. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all of you here today, let me tell you, no, 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 no. This is temporary housing. We're looking for a permanent place. And the word of God says that we will be with our Lord God who created us for eternity where there is no time. This is remarkable thought for us. We go, what? Yeah, it's part of the unexplainableness of God. Paul loved his earthly citizenship. Paul loved that he was a Roman citizen. He wrote this. He wasn't ashamed of it. He loved it. He even used it a couple of times. After they did stuff to him, he'd go, oh, by the way, I am a Roman citizen. They're like, whoa. He used his citizenship in a good way. When I travel, I'm blessed that I have one of these. It's called a passport. If I go to another country, when I come back from that other country, they will say, may I see your passport? You sure may. Go right through customs and so I walk up to them. Can I see that? I say, sure. And I hand them this and they'll open it up and they'll look at this horrendous picture <laughs> that looks exactly like me. <laughs> and they'll go, Wow, okay, yeah, that's you. Uh, do you have any, uh, what were you doing over in our country? And I'll say a couple of things. Uh, what were you doing over there? Answer a couple of questions. Do you have any fruit in any? I always ask about fruit. Do you got any fruit with you? Well, I wish I did. I am hungry. No, I don't have any fruit. Got any weapons on you? What do you need? No, I know, I don't. I do not. I do not. And then they'll take that little thing and fold it in. Well, thank you, sir. Welcome back to the United States of America. Wow. That's powerful. I use this to my advantage sometimes. You show up without one. No, I promise on who I am. What you want? I want. Come on. Please, please let me. Please, pretty please. Pretty, pretty, pretty please. Nope. Got to have that. I use it to my advantage. But it's not what gets me into heaven. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that when I asked Jesus into my life, God wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. It's a book where he keeps the names of all of us literally in it. And when this life is over, your name is in that book. You're good. You won't have to stand there going, no, I brought, well, I brought some fresh fruit. It, it won't matter. You are in because you're covered by God's grace and his love and his care. Your citizenship 
does not belong on this earth. Your citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, I got to be careful that I don't get too tied up to this place. First point here is make sure you enjoy this earth, you enjoy this citizenship in America. But can I tell you something? Do not let it be the place where you find contentment. I would propose to you if contentment would be found in money, Elon Musk has enough and should be fine. He looks pretty driven to me. He looks like he can't stop. It tells me money does not fill that hole and that void in your life. Some of you in here who have plenty, I would say to you, it might be what you have and it gives you a little bit of peace and you have a little bit of security in it, but there's no contentment in it. I say this. Own things, but don't let them own you. In other words, if you have something today that you say, I couldn't part with that, I propose to you that's a conflict for you in your walk with God. We have to be willing to surrender all things of this earth because I want to remind you on your last day, none of it goes with you. Your contentment better not be found in the things that you own. Enjoy them. Have a ball. I got a little yellow Jeep that I absolutely love. Love driving it. Love thumping in it. I'm a music thumper. I love thumping it. I'm the guy you pull up to and go, what's wrong with him? I'm that guy. (laughs) I love it. But I don't need it. It's a fun little thing I enjoy. It will stay on this earth. It is not part of my citizenship in heaven. I better be willing to surrender that Jeep if the Lord needs to use it for anything. He can have it. It's his already. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't have got it. You cannot allow this world to own you because if it owns you, it will pull you off this view. It will pull you out in here and slowly you'll be sucked into the oblivion of this stinking dark world. And I'm saying this slowly today because somebody might be out here. You're living this way. You're struggling with it. You don't know where to go with it. I would say to you, my only check, the way I check it is, are you a giver? Do you help others in need? I I meet a lot of people, I say to them, would you be willing to, oh yeah, yeah, I'd be willing to do it, then actually ask them to do it. Well, no, that's, no, I said I'd be willing. (laughs) I didn't say I'd actually do it. Check your actions. Look at your bank account. Is your giving there? Do you help others? Do you serve yourself? Do you look for ways to give of your own life to other people? It's pretty easy to check that. Just look at your calendar. Look at your checkbook. Who owns it, you or God? Well, what are you telling me, Dan? I'm telling you, listen to the Lord's Spirit and whatever he lays on your heart, obey it. That's all you gotta do, just obey him because it's his. It's not yours. I'm learning this more and more. I don't say this to bring any glory to me. The Lord's teaching me this more and more. Just, Just help others. If you see somebody in need, just help them. You say, well, well I, I need to check them out first. Help them. Because I think that's what we as people sometimes miss. Let me just ask you, let's ask you a question. 
If you were down and out today, like really down and out, really hurting, do you want somebody to come up and tell you what you need to do or tell you all this stuff or just first extend the hand? That's one of the things I love about Jesus. The first thing he would do with the leper, the first thing he did was touch him. The first thing he did with the woman at the well was love her. He didn't say to her, well, let me go over a few things you need to do first, then I'll love you. No, he loved first. I don't think we do this very good. I think I need to love first. It's like I told you about the lady that I read about on my phone who thinks she's God. I used to judge, put down, ridicule, and come up with a funny little joke about her first. I was wrong. I apologize to anybody who saw me preach 10 years ago and do that. I will no longer poke fun or make fun or get you all to laugh at someone else's expense other than my own. I won't do that. I'm going to love her. I'm going to pray for her to hear the message of Jesus. And if I ever get a chance to speak to this lady, I'm going to tell her, oh, man, you're a phenomenal singer. You got a great gift. I'd love to talk to you more about how you could use that gift for a big purpose. Does that sound a lot better than, <laughs> loser? Which one do you think she'd be open to? And I'm asking you as people to understand, you have a purpose because you, you know, maybe not everyone in here, that's why we'll give an opportunity at the end if you don't know Jesus to know him, but can I say to you, as a believer in the Lord, I better not live this way the world lives. I better get up here and go, no, there's something different about me. I don't rip on those of you who are lost. I'm trying to help you. I don't poke fun at everybody else. I, God calls us to a high. We can't live like the world. We're not of it. We got to get up here and remember our citizenship is in heaven, so we must live this way. It's a challenge. And can I just say, some of us haven't done it well. I am the chiefest, and I'm trying to change it. And I leave you today with a couple of takeaways. The first one is this. I hope today for someone triggers a start in you to stop living down there and start living up here. Few find this path. Few find this place. The Bible says, wide is the gate that leads to hell. Narrow, narrow the one that leads to heaven. Citizenship there, narrow. In other words, the masses are going to do life this way and even lower. Those of us who claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a reason we stand here this morning and exalt his name. He went here and stayed here. He never flirted with the world. He showed a better way. Number two, I preached this whole message to say this little sentence to somebody. I don't know. Maybe it's two people. Maybe it's somebody online. Stop striving so hard to figure out who you are. That has been preset by God Almighty. Stop striving. You're worn out today. You are so tired today. You don't need to live that way. Come up here. Come up here. Let the creator hold you today. Let him put his hand on your fresh. Let, let, let him do this. You just be willing.
You just be the clay. You just be open. Well, Lord, I've tried my best to share what you laid on my heart. Now you do the work only you can do. Somebody's soul today, somebody's spirit today, call it to you. Forgive us, forgive me, forgive those of us who sometimes wallow down in that worldly crap. Take us to a new level, Jesus. Get us up here where we have perspective on what this world's about. Help us to be shaped by your image. We are your kids today. Help us to live like it. We've been created by you. Help us to act like it. And Lord, I pray today for those who might be so tired, they are worn out. Help them today to stop striving and to live into who you made them to be. Give this message to you. I give all of our clay to you. I pray you would shape us and mold us as we continue to worship you even in this moment. A simple message, but I trust the Lord will use it to have a profound effect in the lives of kids, teens, grandmas, grandpas, and everybody in the middle. And our prayer is that you will today find your identity in the Lord and you will know you're a part of his handiwork. And I pray that encourages you today as you continue to move forward with your family. Bless you and thank you again for all the support you give to us here at Winning at Home.